Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Good morning, Breaking Free listeners. I am going to apologize really quick for the audio quality of the intro and the outro this week, but I still want to use them because they were good. I just used the wrong microphone and, you know, sometimes these kinds of things happen, but here's to being authentic. So here's the intro again. (laughs) Good morning. We are back for episode 21. We're just moving right along. Today, my guest is Gareth Ritty, and he is a lot of fun. He's a practitioner, and he works with the underlying neurological communication of the body to help return good function to you. He addresses any communication issues, imbalances, and blockages that underlie poor function. Uh, These can manifest themselves of chronic pain and health problems, insomnia, brain fog, fatigue, and cognitive issues. What he does is he works with people to get them out of their mind into their body and just the connection between the mind, body, and soul. And um, he's brilliant at it. He calls himself a healer. And you can read his bio in the show notes. It's a great conversation today. We are kind of talking about the fact that the body never lies. And he works with the body and studies people's bodies and and how they're functioning and how they're responding to things to help them with awareness and healing. And so it's something that we need to take notice of is, is how our bodies respond to situations, how our bodies respond when around other people, um, how our bodies respond during sex. Do we tap into our body or do we like go somewhere else and stay in our head? Do we try to use sex to numb? Do we try to use alcohol to numb and not feel? I always say you have to feel in order to heal, and it's so very true. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today and just kind of how it relates to the lifestyle and and ethical non-monogamy and that working on ourselves truly can make it such an amazing experience and just increase the level of connection with others and the level of joy and peace and happiness are in our own lives. And so when we connect to our own bodies and we do the healing work within our bodies, we're able to be open and available for others and connection with others and life just becomes so much richer. So if you want to truly live and really live from an authentic place, truly discover who you are then listen to this conversation called The Body Never Lies. Here we go. When we come back, we'll get into the interview. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. 
Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Free Authentically. And today I have a really fun guest, Gareth Riddy. And um, I hope you think he's as fun as I do. But like, if you see this man's writing, he is crazy. And that's what I love about him. He's just totally authentic, which as you guys know, that's my thing. And so I want to pick people who I know are authentic to be on this podcast. And definitely Gareth fits the bill. So welcome, Gareth. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm honored, honored to be here. Thanks. Well, I'm so happy we finally got to connect because we've tried to connect for a while and um, it hasn't worked out. So this is good. This is good. Okay. So today, um, before we before I have you introduce yourself and what you do, I think I want to talk a little bit about the body's response to um, it could be sexuality or sexual trauma or or relationships or the fact of not being yourself and how that affects you. It's not just in the mind, is it? It's it it really is in the body and it remains in the body. And I think this is something that's not talked about enough. I'm really so into somatic work and I've just learned so much about it in the past couple of years. And I just, I find it fascinating for one and um, just necessary and there's not enough talk about it. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. So tell us a little bit about what you do and all the crazy other extras that you, um, you do maybe mention the tree cause the tree is pretty cool. <laughs> the tree. Oh, I love that. I've been like, it's got a little bit colder. I've been in that tree for a little while. That's a good fucking tree. Me and that tree go back a long way. Love Mm -hmm. it. Love it. Yeah. So what do I do? What do I do? I'm a healing man, basically. I just tell people I'm a fucking healer because it's just easier (laughs) than to go into all the shit that I do, right? So my whole thing is, essentially, I work with uh, how the brain and body are communicating together as a system. So what's Mm -hmm. going on underneath an issue for an issue to even be an issue in the first place. So I'm all about... The comms, the comms, I'm like an electrician for the body, right? Because if we have an issue, it doesn't matter what that issue is. It can be an emotional issue, a physical issue, a structural issue, chronic health issue. There's something going on underneath that for that to be a thing in the first place, underneath it all communication, you know. And our entire function is down to how well we are communicating and do we have enough resources, basically. Is the information there? Is it getting to where it needs to be? So that's my job. Mm. Deal with the operating system essentially and i started off doing it um i was a pt in gyms back in the day you know just kicking people's asses mm-hmm. and i started learning stuff to help get people out of pain in the gym and i kind of fell in love with it and kind of ran down that path and then it came to light as i kind of got a little bit deeper in the education that um one of the levels we were doing was looking at traumas but in particular physiological traumas are not well not physiological but traumas and how they relate to chronic health issues mm. so a specific what we would call a limbic conflict or a biological conflict and how that relates to different organs gland structures and stuff and i was like oh that is really fucking interesting so i knew 
there was something in that. I thought so that that was a bit that I loved. I was like, okay, so if I can approach it like that way, then I can apply it to other things. Mm-hmm. So I started dicking about over the years, and I've been applying it to um, behaviors, beliefs, brain function, all that type of stuff. I spent a lot of time working with chronic health stuff, but now I've kind of moved up the chain into people's consciousness and awareness and really helping people elevate their consciousness is really what I'm about. You know, whether it be releasing trapped emotions, um, getting the brain firing better, you know, sleeping better, whatever it is, releasing beliefs, um, emotional, emotional responses to memories, all that type Mm -hmm. of shit. Mm -hmm. What's the name of your Facebook group again? My Facebook how, group is called How How to Undo the Shit the Modern World Does to Us. Right. Which is named after my book, How to Undo the Shit the Modern World Does to Us, which is five years old. In wow. A week. In a week. That's five years old, that book. Congratulations. That's exciting. No, um is it you that has one how to unfuck your your brain or something like that? No. Yeah, how to unfight your brain. Yeah, I just finished recording that a few days ago. So I'm just putting it all together now. Yeah, that's like um it's really how to get resources back into the thinking part of our brain so we can function a little bit better because most mm. people are so wrapped up and stressed that they don't have access to their executive centers. Yes, yes. I'm very familiar with not having a whole lot of access to my executive centers, um, mostly because of mostly because of ADHD, not as much as uh, from a trauma response. But um, it definitely it's definitely challenging. Right. And even like people with ADHD have like what's called RSD, like uh, rejection sensitivity disorder. And I don't like that it's called disorder, but it just were yeah. often very affected by rejection because it's, it's so like goes right to that feeling, right? Like it's like a rejection feels so much bigger than someone whose executive function is always online. I think that front yeah. frontal cortex is is running the show, and I think sometimes it's easy for the the emotions to run the show. You know, um, yeah. Most, most people are like that in in yeah. one way or another. You know, I'm of the belief that ADHD is is much more of a trauma response anyway. You know, I, I think if you take the disorder out of the way and put response in, it's a little bit more accurate mm-hmm. to how the brain is behaving based on whatever that may be, whether it be something in childhood or, or sometimes it's a big thing or maybe it's an accumulation of stresses, but it, it affects how the brain communicates with itself mm-hmm. and where resources go and so on and so forth, you know. But the beauty of the brain and neuroplasticity is there are ways to manage it and bring it back online, you know, with mm-hmm. a bit of um know-how and deliberate action Mm -hmm. well i've noticed that really getting a handle on like shame and and how i deal with shame in my body really helps me to be able to focus and not procrastinate and and to do the things that i need to do i still sometimes will sit there and be like i just have a blank if i'm talking with someone i can figure it out really easily but all of a sudden if i'm alone like i just don't see the process i don't think linearly but the the less stress i have and the more my mindset changes and i take responsibility for the emotions that are attached to that the more that i am able to accomplish more things you know and and the less i beat myself up for that because everybody not everybody's good at the same things right and we can't be good at everything so 
yeah just accepting the bits that you you can do and the bits that you can't do and, and just being good with that you know and exactly our thought process will always sit on top of the emotions emotions will always fucking win you know our yeah. psychology is a slave to our neurology unfortunately mm-hmm. so the more calm our nervous system down the more access we have to other bits of our brain the more ramped up it is the less we have however that mm-hmm. is manifesting itself in any of us right so i'm just curious i like to find out sort of not everybody that I interview obviously is non-monogamous and they're not part of the non-monogamy world. Most people I interview are actually monogamous in that. And like I say, that's totally amazing if people are choosing that and things like that. But the the criteria to be on my podcast is that you need to be sex positive. So I was asking you earlier, like what, what your thoughts are about ethical non-monogamy like the first time i presented that idea to you guys like what went through your mind is it something that you've encountered before is was it a new concept like what what were your thoughts towards it yeah it's stuff i've encountered before you hear people talking about it more and more nowadays you know <clears throat> and i think personally I, I don't think that human beings are meant to be monogamous or Maybe not necessarily monogamous, but not meant to be monogamous the whole time for their mm-hmm. entire existence. I don't think, you know, may, maybe for some people it's a series of monogamous relationships. Maybe some people it's more of a sharing style, mm-hmm. you know, but it is, as far as I'm aware, any animal where they make for life, the, the male and the female are the same size. Any animal where they don't make for life, the males are bigger because they've got to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to fight. So, that alone says to me that it's not for life, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of but, evidence in the animal kingdom that, you know, it's not monogamy isn't as rampant as they thought, you know, even yeah. birds and different, different animals. But um, yeah, I think it, for most of us, we felt shame probably most of our lives for, being interested in someone else while caring about someone. Um, I know for me that I just felt like I felt like I was just such a slut. Uh, Meanwhile, I was a virgin when I got married. So no, I was not a slut, but just the fact that I had desires or that I, I liked different people on a regular basis. I just find people interesting and I connect with people and I love connecting with people. And so I just felt like I was so odd all the time that I couldn't like, why can't I just be satisfied, you know, or what's wrong with me that I I like someone new all the time, but it was more just I was drawn to people, you know, I, I just, I've always been drawn to people and more than just a casual acquaintance. Like for me, I want to get to know people's souls. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like I really like to connect on a deep level and it's probably because I don't like casual, like just uh, conversation about the weather or whatever. Like I like deep, meaningful conversations about important shit. So it's probably why, right? Like, I just don't, I don't enjoy just sitting around chit-chatting with a group of people where we're not really talking about anything. That's very stressful to me. And so I think that's probably why. And, and those of us who really have this desire to connect and those of us who are empaths um, and those of us who are kind of adventurous and free spirits, 
we tend to want more connections and often can handle more connections. Now, it's interesting what you said earlier. So tell me, um, if you had the choice between the two, monogamy or ethical non-monogamy, what would you choose? And and explain that because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Yeah, so for me, I would probably choose monogamy uh, purely because I don't think I could handle spreading my energy across that many people, you know, mm-hmm. from, from a, a mental and not necessarily emotional, but more, more a mental capacity, mm-hmm. more, more than anything, because I like to go deep, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm completely single anyway, so my energy just goes to me. and I'm really fucking selfish, my energy. And I think being a healing man, I, I put so much of my, my love and my heart and my soul into my work mm-hmm. that I would find it really difficult to then spread it across other people as well you know mm-hmm. and also it's finding other people they've got to be on the right level for me to yeah. to want to 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 be with people you know mm-hmm. and i i struggle with that as it is yeah. you know the, the more that i grow and, and all that type of stuff the, the less i find people around that i can really connect with on a deep level mm-hmm. sometimes i have to like i feel like i have to, it's gonna sound a little bit bad but you know sometimes i feel like i have to kind of almost dumb myself down in order to, if i want to have sex do you know what i mean yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which which sounds bad. Okay, so I just don't bother. I have a really good question for you then, because yeah. I would say I'm a sapiosexual. Are you familiar yeah. with that term? So like, yeah, I absolutely. get turned on in yeah. the mind, right? So like, literally, yeah. a really deep, good conversation is just as good as sex and just as fulfilling to me. Yeah. So like, if I could choose between the two, sometimes I'm just going to choose a really good, deep conversation because that does it for me. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I totally get that. It's like, if I'm not connecting sort of on a mental level with someone, like I'm probably not gonna go much farther. And then my, uh, one of my other criteria is like, if I, if I don't feel safe enough that I can cuddle with you or that I can just be close physically with you with that in, in not a sexual way, then, you know, I am not going to be with you, even though I can, even though I can have casual sex and that's fine to me, but to me, casual sex has to have still some, some meaning to it just because I'm not one of these, I'm not a shallow person. And I'm not saying that everybody who has casual sex is is shallow. That's not at all what I'm saying, but I'm saying like, if that's all you want, I'm probably not your girl, you know, like, cause I, I want to be able to sit and and have a chat and I want to, you know, talk about the world talk about somatic healing and talk about authenticity and shit like that which to me lights me up so um you had said something about like right managing your energy and things like that and i right now it's like my my main partner um like he's my primary right now and we live two hours apart so like I don't have a lot of extra energy for much else anyways. This is like my business all week. And then I drive two hours and I take the weekend off most of the time. Like I don't try to work and be with him. Like I really, I've made a really conscious effort to like decompress and just do my work during the week so I can really be present um, and, and present with my friends and other things like that. So anybody else I add to my life really that has to be weighed through it's not just like oh yeah yeah because i have tons of time and i'm bored no like 
it's it's got to be a concerted effort and they have to really stimulate my mind and stimulate well, I guess my body too. I, I mean, yeah. that's, it, it just, it, it takes a lot of, of energy, like you said, because I do pour my heart into people and I pour my heart into my work and you only have so much energy, so many spoons. Right. And so exactly. I do, I do say a lot to the people, if you're considering this world, like really know how to manage your quote unquote energy spoons, because if you don't, you're going to be hurting people unknowingly, right? Like by over-promising what you can do or, or what you're available for. Um, and, and some people out of loneliness, I find, they think that they can offer more, that they want more, but really they don't have that energy to give. And so there's always a disappointment and they feel that in their body somewhere, but they don't understand where that's coming from. And I think it's, that's interesting to think about people, you know, coming to this life sort of as an escape, uh, to fill a void. And I think that would be interesting to talk about. You mentioned that the body never lies. Mm. So what kinds of, what kinds of things would, would indicate in your body that that you have some unresolved work to do or that you might be seeking something else rather than feeling well we all have unresolved work to do that's just the uh, the modern modern living human beings in in the fucked up modern world you know it's mental we're like aliens on our own planets we're all traumatized just by our own existence (laughs) before we even get into any shit right but um, I'm I'm a, a huge believer in the body never lies because it, it always comes up with stuff all the time. It never lies, whether it be you all of a sudden get a dry mouth or you feel it in your heart or your digestion. You see it in the skin, you see it in the eyes. The body will retreat. People start people's body will start to curl up. It starts trying to protect its organs, mm. you know, um, and it, it goes on and on and on. And one of the issues that, that you mentioned earlier is sometimes people get get into it in the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to fill a void. They're trying to chase, looking at it from more of a, an addiction perspective, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, try, trying to numb the pain as opposed to the reality of connection. But ultimately we all want connection, don't we? That's, yeah. that's the name of the game. I'm not a casual guy by any stretch of the imagination, you know, mm-hmm. to point out I just won't bother unless I really connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, There's a lot of things that go on with the body. And it's, most people are so detached from their bodies that they have no idea. You know, the, the head is running the show and the head isn't really the boss, mm-hmm. but it's kind of taken over the show. You know, and the more detached we get from our bodies, the more we do stuff to try and feel or to try and numb. It can go kind of go either way, you know. Oh, that is such a good point. I mean, I knew that, but phrasing it like that really say that again. The more detached you are from your body, the more we try and do stuff to try and feel. Yeah. yeah that's so good and 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 honestly this is why i cover this kind of stuff in my podcast because i don't want people coming into the, the world of ethical non-monogamy i mean you hear a lot about drama and this and that and like if you're coming into this world to fill a void and escape your reality you're literally bringing quote unquote drama into this world and into your world mm. um and so to me, the people that I want 
to bring into this world are people who are going to truly connect with themselves first so that they can authentically connect with me and other people. And my favorite people in this world are ones who can, you know, feel safe and, and feel vulnerable. And because it's a, it's a place of no judgment. So like if you're coming to this place of no judgment and you're still judging yourself, you're just not allowing like the true beauty of life to penetrate you. And I think with that, you'll, you'll just come to it very closed off. So, um, so then it becomes a numbing thing. You know, people just come for the sex to get out of whatever, just to create dopamine and to feel something, but then they feel really empty when they leave. And to me going, say going to a sex club is not about the sex. It's about having fun and connecting with my partner and connecting with others and having a great time. And then that's just a bonus if it happens, but there's no disappointment if it doesn't. I don't need that to make me happy. I don't need that to feel fulfilled. So let's just talk about that a little bit. What comes up for you when I'm talking about these things? Yeah, it's, I had a great quote once. I can't remember where the fuck I heard it. My my mind is full of great quotes. Oh, I've got no fucking idea where I heard them. So if ever you hear me say a quote and it was yours, I'm giving you props. I just can't fucking remember. Sorry. <laughs> um, and and the quote is, uh, every relationship is a relationship with yourself. Yes. And the, the problem that we have in in society is, is we look at other people's relationships to solve our own problems without solving ourselves. You know, so every relationship I I have mm. is with me and then me in relation to that other person and how they're they're doing stuff you know whether it be they're having a meltdown or whatever it is it's it's how am I in relation to that you know Mm -hmm. so in order to get involved in your world or any fucking world doesn't matter what the fucking world is we need to work on ourselves first Mm -hmm. and primarily that that's lifelong work you know and then however you choose to express your soul through that is, is down to you but if you're not doing the work on yourself you're going to run into a fucking wall, you know? Mm-hmm. And in, in your world where people are having a lovely frolicking time with each other, <laughs> that's, there's collateral damage to that. Yeah. Isn't there? yeah. You know? But it's the same as if people are going out to bars and, and, you know, having sex in alleyways or whatever, there's still a lot of collateral damage. Mm-hmm. However, it, it's, it's unfolding. So mm-hmm. work on your own shit first, kids. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, and I think like, Um, I think maybe people are scared to work on their own stuff first because you have to feel something. Well, I would say you have to feel to heal. And if you're not willing to feel, it's going to be really hard to heal. Um, But also maybe the, the misconception that you have to work on yourself first before you can move on with your life. Like you can do it simultaneously. Like I think the key is being willing to work on yourself and not yeah, just yeah, wait, yeah. you know, like, okay, well, uh, if I can't be in a relationship till I worked on myself, I got to figure it all out and then I'll never be in a relationship. So no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go that route. But if the mindset is that, no, I really just have to be conscious and aware of what's happening in my body, what's happening in my mind and how that's affecting me for one and then how that's affecting other people 
how it's affecting how I relate to other people. If I relate to others out of a place of like fear and not feeling like I'm enough, I'm going to seek validation on a regular basis and my body's going to feel small and, and hidden away Mm. unless I have validation. And a lot of times, you know, being sexy and and being told you're sexy does fill that up and you feel like you can stand tall for a minute. But if you go home and you don't believe that you are actually sexy and you have to only be told that, then you're missing a huge part. Like take that shit home with you. Like if you can't be your own best friend and your own cheerleader, like you're missing out on so much of life. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. How I approach life as I've got older is I tend to approach every situation with uh, what do I need to learn from this? So I may go into a situation with what I would like a situation to be an outcome, but I don't attach to it. I, I know that what will come will be what I need to know, yeah. you know about myself more, more than anything. And I think approaching my life like that has, has made such a big difference. It's made me much more willing to look at my own shit I'm much more willing to grow and adapt from a situation as opposed to when we have specific outcomes that we attach to, it can make us really unhappy when things don't go the way that we planned them to. Right. I had someone come into my life kind of fairly recently and she's been like my, my biggest teacher in my life. Massively. She's got no fucking idea about it either, (laughs) but because being around her and some of the stuff that a lot of insecurities came up that I didn't know were there, you know, then I all of a sudden started feeling kind of weird things. So, Luckily, doing what I do, I can get in and I can dig around my trapped emotions and find out the root of it and clear it, and I become a better person for it. But so can you take us through that just a little bit, just so yeah. someone can like, like, okay, so I've I've heard you say that a lot. You like, you know, mm. look into what those trapped emotions are and you dig around and try to figure that out. But like, if someone yeah. is is starting this process and they're like not connected to their body at the moment, and I know that that's been something I've been working on so hard is like connecting to my body and just not just being in my head. Cause I'm in my head and I, even with sex, I have trouble getting out of my head. So hard yeah. for me to get into yeah. my body and feel. So literally this can make your sex life way better to learn to connect to your body too. So if that's the only reason why you do this, do it anyways, but it, okay. So you've got stuff going on. Okay. You get a feeling in your body and a, a discomfort of some sort is what you would say would you would feel first. And that would indicate something's not quite right. I, I notice it in my thought processes. Right. So, okay. so there's layers, right. So, so we have like our, our feeling layer. So such as sensations, right. So, you know, knees, digestion, whatever physiological sensations and then we have the emotional layer which is feelings but with a bit of a story attached to it and usually quite strong and then we've got our psychological layer right now the psychological layer sits on top of the emotions so if, if we have an emotion your your mind will play along based on what that emotion is right so your psychology is last it's the froth on the beer it's not the booze mm-hmm. but we tend to think that it is right so with emotions, so emotions they they exist to help us learn shit, and they exist to help us through situations, whatever the fuck they are. They're they're there for a reason. But we live in a world where we're taught to hide them. We're taught to dampen them down. Where there's fucking so many industries out there, you know, made to 
profit from you dumbing your shit down, whether it be alcohol, gambling, porn, yeah. all drugs, all, all this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. religions, you name it. They're all like trying to crush everything down. And the problem is when we have an emotion and it's not fully expressed and moved through the body, it then becomes stuck. Mm-hmm. And if it becomes stuck, A, it takes up valuable resources from the body. B, there's physiological consequences to that. And C, it becomes like a mental filter. So it will guide your thought processes and how you see and view the world, right? So someone who has a lot of anger in them, for instance, will find things to be angry about. Someone who has a lot of guilt in them, hasn't moved from the body, will find things to be guilty about because they haven't fully experienced it and let it go like it should do. So that is a big thing. So in, in terms of what I was talking about is when this stuff came up in me because mm-hmm. I know how to tackle it. So I need to go and I can feel it, but I've got physiological things that I can do to move it through the body. So it goes up and out. And then that's no longer a part of my consciousness. Mm. Right? One of the things is that we, we are so unwilling to feel them. And if we're not willing to feel them and let them go, then they will guide our consciousness underneath the hood. You know, so any, any kind of insecurity you've got, any doubts, um, you know, beliefs perceptions all that type of stuff it all stacks on top of these things these unprocessed emotions which haven't moved so if someone's new to this okay so let's say oh let's say i have trouble loving myself and i don't believe that that i'm i'm beautiful and that like everybody tells me i am but i if i don't believe it inside i just feel kind of like okay so let's say i am trying to process an emotion and it comes up in my body like really, really strong. Like mm-hmm. we're, I know sitting with the emotion is, is really important, right? To just sit yeah. there. What do we do with that? Cause I know that's a super scary place for people to go. And this is like, well, if I feel an emotion and it comes up and it's sitting there, I, I won't know what to do with it from that point. So I'm just not going to touch it because it's safer down there. Right. So what would you tell us? Like if if you're going to go and dig around in there and, and try to allow some of these emotions to, to come to the surface. um, When these emotions get huge and overwhelming, what are some things that, you know, you tell your clients to do with that? Like, what's the next step after that? Yeah, well, it's difficult from, it's not difficult, but from a client perspective, I we do it together and I clear okay. it, you know, using some of the stuff that I use, which I can't really say yeah, it yeah. as a podcast because it's my techniques, right? So I yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But um, a lot of it is you have to be willing to feel it. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if if you don't have the, the fancy tricks that I do, you have to kind of be willing to feel it. Now, yeah. one of the things that we have is, is is it needs to move. It needs to move through right. the body. It's a physiological process. And one of the problems we have in the modern world is we don't move much. Mm-hmm. So things don't naturally move, and it's literally a movement thing. It doesn't generate the same kind of electrical currents as when we sat down, right? So the more you move, the more you generate, the more stuff moves, essentially. So I would say move. Yeah, that's 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 a long shot. But theoretically, when we have an emotion, if we just let it be, mm-hmm. ride it, it doesn't last very fucking long. 
Yeah, it sucks, and then, and then it goes. Yeah, it's when mm -hmm. we resist that it becomes yeah. a problem, and, it, and it, we create more tension, and it goes on and on and on. When we let it go, like a kid, scream, cry, happy days. I was done. just going to say that. Yeah. Right. Um, if you have somebody that's really supportive and willing to be there with you when you do it to chat mm -hmm. about it, even fucking better. Just like mm -hmm. when you scream and cry, and then your parents go, "Okay, I've got you." Brilliant, mm -hmm. you know. Or um, if you can't get to the mind, you can't get to the emotions. Move your body. Yeah, you know, this is why things like go and hit a punch bag. Do you know what I mean? Get out, run, do something physical to get it through the body because it's a physiological thing. Mm. it's a physiological process move the fucker out you know part mm. of what i do involves physical stuff to move it through the system mm -hmm. do you find that um the longer it's been sort of pushed down the longer it takes to release it or is it just really acknowledging it because i know for me i have there's a lot of this connection that i do with my clients about shame, like shame about having the emotion to begin with. And when you release the shame about the emotion, there are no negative emotions. You know, anger is an emotion just like love. And we see it as negative. And so we push it down because we're not allowed to have that one. So just releasing the shame and judgment on the emotion does allow it to just kind of kind of flow through you and come out of you. Um, but a, an emotion that you haven't that you haven't dealt with and that's been there for a really long time. Is that going to take more movement you think, or is that, can it be a process of yeah. just like acknowledging it and, and letting it move through you? In my experience, it doesn't necessarily need to take a long time. That being said, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get to the really deep stuff yourself until you've dealt with other stuff. There's layers yeah. of it. It's yeah. one thing if, if you're with somebody that can help you and guide you and get to the stuff. Mm -hmm. If you're on your own, you need to go bit by bit and, and you know, top down essentially. Yeah. Because you need, to, A, you need to kind of get a little bit used to the feelings, but also you need to feel safe. Your nervous yeah. system needs to feel safe, you know, so you're not going to, all of a sudden jump into the worst childhood trauma you've ever had right. if you can't let go of, you know, someone nicking your parking spot. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's so valuable. I remember, so I have a friend who has gone through a lot of trauma and, and one day we got high and we were in, in my pool and I was just like having all these cool analogies come to me and, and she was talking about stuff and she's like, Oh, you got to write that one down. You got to write that one down. It's so good because she was talking about how a lot of her childhood memories were starting to come back to the surface. And she was having memories about her brother that she didn't even remember that were long, long, long forgotten. And they were pleasant mm. memories. They weren't like negative memories. They were just pleasant. And I said, uh, so I, and I made the analogy that it's, it's kind of like um, a French press, right? Like, cause you've got your, the emotions floating around and you shove them down and you shove them down and you compress them. And then you can't see the separate, the separate particles. Right. Um, but as you start to yeah, unpack it, yeah. And release them. It's like you're lifting that plunger up and all of a sudden there's like more room for that to move around. And then you'll start to be able to see things and unlock things and they'll just kind of float to the surface. Um, and I don't know if that's a great analogy, but when we were high, it was an awesome analogy. 
And uh, but all I think the it's, best analogy is comfortably and high. I know, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we had we had a great day that day. Um, a lot of genius things. <laughs> I did write some things down, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was so interesting because she's like, I don't understand why I'm having these memories. But the more she was dealing with like undealt with emotions that she had buried you know, from her marriage and then other things, she was going deeper and deeper. And it was just like allowing more room for the other exactly. stuff to come up. Right. So we only have so much capacity. We can only have so yeah, much going on. At once. So, so much. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, uh, you, yeah, you've only got so many resources. You're probably going to do so much at any one time. And it's not just going to go, here you go. Here's your whole life's fucking history. <laughs> Boom. Joan, you'd, you'd be overloaded. Yeah. Probably pass out or something, which is probably why hypnotherapy works too. Um, you know, I've been working with Glenn and, and Charlotte in their, um, the freedom from sugar addiction. And, uh, you know, it's so interesting because like, there's just such huge shifts that happen. Um, but like, I don't remember the hypnotherapy. It's like, I feel like I fall asleep every time, but I've got these powerful things that are happening and shifting in me. And I don't even recognize that it's happening, but it's probably because your body feels safe in that subconscious state to just work things out without your mind going and telling the story that would scare you from actually looking at that maybe the mind is a shit stone dickhead you know that's what i like to say and it's like yeah what's it like five percent of our consciousness is only five percent of our consciousness we're conscious of everything else is subconscious or mm. it's a shit stone fucking dickhead and the problem is we believe it, you know, and we had stories and we had meanings yeah. and stuff that we don't necessarily need to. So interesting. You said like the mind is, you said it's shit stone. What did you say? What did you call it? The mind is a shit stirring dickhead. Yes. And, but our minds are meaning makers, right? Like we're, we're meaning makers. And because of that, we feel the need to attach a story to everything to explain things like things can't just be because of the way we work. We just, we have to have some sort of explanation. Oh, okay. that makes us feel better. But I think to like accept that there doesn't always have to be an explanation or that some things just are because they are just frees us. I think to just see things for what they are. Um, and I know that for me, like coming out of my my religion and just like evaluating my faith, there was a lot of things where it was like, there isn't always a reason why something happened, you know? And, and just thinking through that was like, oh, so something can just be just for the sake of being. And that was that was great because I didn't have to understand. I didn't have to know the answer. I didn't have to know the reason I could just sort of flow through what happened. And, and it wasn't as important what the meaning of it was. And often we give the wrong meaning to what, (laughs) like we make an assumption of what the meaning is, but that could have nothing to do with it. Right. Like someone could look at you with a, certain expression and you're like oh they hate me or whatever but really 
they just lost their dog and they're having a bad day. But we're so selfish to think that they would be thinking of us all the time and their reactions are all having to do with us. <laughs> well, exactly. We, we will see through our own mental filters, you know, which would be stacked on unprocessed emotions. Mm-hmm. Stacked on an, an ignored body. Yeah, so yeah it, it all fucking adds up, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I'm i of the belief that there there is always a reason for something is that we don't necessarily need to know what it is or we'll ever know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. No, and I think I that random. you don't believe in what random. Yeah, it's just I think we may not know it exactly. But I think like detaching from the meaning, it doesn't have to mean anything for it to be worthy of anything, right? And I think it it probably does have some sort of meaning in the big spectrum, but being able to go, I don't need to know that meaning, or it doesn't have to have a meaning meant that I could just, you know, go through it. Because as a Christian, like everything, like God, God did this, or he allowed this, or da, 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 da. And a lot of people who are in a religious background associate what's happening to them based on what their actions were, or their thoughts, or whatever. And really, it most of the time has nothing to do with that. Like, you're not being punished for your thoughts, you know? But that's a really ingrained thinking because well that couldn't possibly happen without you know a reason for that happening to you you know you got cancer because you're sinful or whatever uh, because you want to have more than one partner you know or whatever Um, but I think that if we can detach and start that's this one of the starts and then you then you leave room for a new kind of meaning you know and I I know that that's been a huge journey for me so detaching from the original meaning that I knew to there probably is no meaning, it doesn't matter, to now I'm much more spiritual than I ever thought I would be because I really like became so rational and I reasoned myself out of my faith. And now I'm like, you know what? Yeah. This could have a bigger meaning or whatever. But again, I don't know for sure. And that's the beauty is before I knew that I knew that I knew. You couldn't tell me. I didn't know. I knew it was best for you because, you know, I was a child of God and I had this information apparently that you don't have, you know, so I know what's best for you. Like, how ridiculous is that? Um, And now I don't have that weight at all. I can be like, you know, I don't know. And that's okay. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, there, there's no one quite as ignorant and arrogant as somebody that knows, is there? Do you mean? Uh, and and we, we all get caught up in that. Yeah. Oh, I know it. But when the, more, the more you know, the less you actually know. It's true. Like if you really acknowledge it, right? Because, mm. yeah, I, I was such a know-it-all before, but I, I feel like I almost had to be, right? Yeah. Because it's I, the culture. Uh, yeah. Was it Jehovah's Witness or Mormon or what was it? No, I was um well fundamentalist Christian. So I had went to a brethren uh, assembly. Okay. Brethren assembly here. Um but like when I lived in the US, um I went to like Baptist churches and things like that. So um I was yeah. definitely like the fundamentalist evangelical Christian, not the hardcore shit. 
liturgical, not Catholic, not Presbyterian or any of those, you know, liturgical type things. It was very New Testament church, if you want to say. Yeah, but, uh, I, I know the kind. I know the kind. Yeah, I had a bit of a background, not not that, but I grew up around churches. My mum took me to um, a born again Christian, and then she went to Jehovah's Witness for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then went back to Christianity, and so on and so forth. So, I've been around them a lot in my younger days. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and they're so like now. so dogmatic, right? Like it's so <laughs> yeah, very. This is how it is. And there's no veering from that. There's no room for anybody else to be right. There's no room for a variance. Yet every denomination is so very different too. (laughs) And they can't agree. It's just, it's so interesting when you really think about it and look at it. Well, the whole point of religion is it's a control structure, isn't it? That's that's the whole point of it. It it was the the politics of its day in various guises, you know, Mm -hmm. across the world, regardless of what one it is. Yeah. They've taken some good teachings and then twisted them to their own ways. And so then it becomes all about politics. Exactly. And I mean, it's so funny that it's like the separation of church and state is such a big deal in the States or whatever, because literally the politics are so controlled by the cultural Christians. It's such a culturally Christian society. And, and I feel like not, a lot of the people actually know what they believe or actually really live their faith in a personal way. And to me, they were so many hypocrites, you know, it's like, Oh, they just did this because it was culturally correct, but really they didn't, they didn't evaluate truth for, for truth. And, um, and who's to know what truth is, you know, like it's, it's all relative. Um, but everybody, everybody's saying that they have the truth, you know, the one truth. Yeah, this is very interesting. That's a whole process right there. And there was a lot in my body that was there. Um, And I've released a lot of that. I think I'm a crier and I think that's really good for me. I Like I've recognized from a young age that crying is a cleanse and it's, it's a release for me. And I don't hold on to shit. Like I was like, I cry and I get it out and it moves through me and then I'm done. Like I don't hold things against people for long periods of time. And yeah. And I think that I was shamed for crying or being emotional too emotional, but like I couldn't not like that to me, that was, it was healing. And I knew that much, Mm -hmm. you know, if I didn't know a whole lot of other things, that I didn't know is that I needed a good cry at least once a month and sometimes more. Um, and now I find I don't, I don't need to cry nearly as much cause I'm sort of not keeping things pent up anymore. I'm just kind of letting it release and, um, acknowledging it and not shaming my emotions as they come up. Like it's like, yeah. I'm not, and that's huge. Well, exactly. That's, what I was saying earlier is it's about feeling it, you know, crying is is a reason it exists. It's, it's healing. It's, it's moving the emotion just yeah. the same as shaking with anger or lashing out or screaming is it is part of it. It's part of the movement and the end of it. And then it goes, mm-hmm. it's when we yeah. fight it off that it becomes a problem. That's true. And then it causes, then it can manifest in our physiology, you know, 
and it, and it, the body will tell us or the mind will tell us what well, the mind the mind's just indicate but the body never lies you know so that's what we're saying earlier mm-hmm. the what does know the truth is the body knows the truth it knows the truth of how we're treating ourselves yeah you know and then when we start telling ourselves lies we do stuff which is incongruent with what our body really wants there will mm-hmm. be consequences we'll feel it in our tension our posture how we think how we feel mm-hmm. you know you know like i remember having a conversation with somebody about trust once and they were saying um uh i knew i shouldn't have trusted this person but i did trust them and they let me down and i was like well no it's not they let you down. You let you down because you said you knew. But you mm-hmm. went against what your body told you, your instincts. Yeah. When your body was telling you the truth of the situation, you went against that with that person and then you blamed them. When you betrayed and, yourself right off the start, right? your body was telling you. Right. We've been so conditioned, though, from childhood to ignore our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. To ignore, like, like. If if you're done eating, if you're if you're not hungry anymore, oh no no, finish what's on your plate. You need to finish everything. We aren't allowed. I, I this is one of the things that I'm learning is that I'm learning to have autonomy again. You know, I like because I grew up and I was told what to do, how to think, what to wear, how to do my hair. You know, like I couldn't wear a ponytail yeah. to church. That wasn't like dressy enough and it's just like I never could do anything quite right unless I was doing the standard that was set for me um and it was all with good intention to teach you the right things and how to be but I learned very quickly not to trust my own intuition and my own knowledge inside of me because you're taught to question it you're taught that that you can't trust yourself And that has been one of the hugest works that I've done is like learning to trust myself again. And I did not realize two years ago when I started, you know, really in-depth coaching for myself, (laughs) I did not realize that one of my biggest issues was that I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to complete a task. I didn't trust myself to follow through. I didn't trust myself to be able to figure it out. I didn't trust. But yet, if I had looked at my history and, and you know, used my, well, evaluated kind of throughout my past, like, I always was able to figure things out and I always made it happen. So why was I always focusing on what I couldn't do or what I was unable to complete and just get stuck on that because I was feeling shame about certain areas, right? And then it would stay as the the dialogue in my head. Well, you can't start that because you're not going to be able to finish it or you can't trust yourself to like commit to that or to follow through and you're going to let people down and this and that. And you know, when I changed that narrative and when I started to trust myself and and recognize that I could listen to my body and trust myself around people. Trust, you know, if someone doesn't feel quite right around me, that there's probably something to that, you know, maybe it's a story, but check it out because if your body doesn't feel settled or calm around someone, then they may not be your people. Yeah. They might not be your people and that's okay. Not everybody has to be your people. And I was married to someone for a very long time 
um, that wasn't my people. You know, like I never felt settled in my body with them. I always felt nervous and just kind of out of place or whatever. But I was told that was the right choice for me, right? So again, I didn't listen to my intuition. And I mean, I, I don't regret it because, you know, we helped each other heal from a lot of things and like grow and, um, you know, because we're so opposites and t- different kinds of upbringings that we learned a lot from each other. Um, but it's okay to trust my body now and go, okay, well, this isn't what's best for me and it's okay. It's not a failure. It's I've, I've learned what I needed to learn, you know, from denying my body and listening to myself for a long time. And now it's time to restore the peace and calm in my body. And, you know, I can feel my mental health shifting because I am good to myself and I say kind things to myself and I believe in myself and it's not a prideful thing, but I was taught that too. Right. Yeah. You learn what you needed to learn. This, this whole society everywhere you fucking turn is built on breaking down our trust within ourselves and then capitalizing on that, whether it be school, religion, politics, corporate interests, you fucking name it, you know, advertisements, take away something. Yeah, take away somebody's ability to trust in themselves and their own fucking soul. You can sell them any old bullshit. Yeah, yeah. any old bullshit. Decorate your way to self worth. Buy this fucking watch or whatever it is. Do you mean? It's just time and time again. And that's it's a big thing that I'm hugely passionate about is helping people connect back to their sense of self trust, and and that is important, massive. And a big part of that is learning to connect to your body again because it's a huge part of it. Yeah, huge. Not the mind. Yeah, the body is a mind. Do you think um, that learning to connect to your body, just in terms of pleasure, um, is a way to kind of break that cycle of disconnection between the body and the mind? Like, because obviously this is a sex positive podcast, and Mm. we do talk about sex, and people are interested in sort of breaking free sexually and things like that. If they have trouble connecting to their emotions, is connecting with their body on a physical level and starting to notice sensations and enjoy them and allow them, do you think that helps to unlock sort of that brain-body connection for other areas like our emotions? Yeah, I have a saying, a very wise saying, which I've been saying for, I've never said it before, it literally come into my head just right now. <laughs> If you're if you're feeling disconnected, have a wank. <laughs> it's true, and they yeah. no, they have said that orgasms definitely help your mental health and help you yeah. connect to your body. Right, like you feel something. Um, but I think to to be add another layer of being intentional about it. That I think yeah. is where the healing can start. For men, very much so, because women, women, women can't really have a disconnected orgasm. No, as such. You know, for a, no. woman, an orgasm is a, a whole body amazing thing. Yeah. Men can have an orgasm, not even fucking feel it. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes we can have a great orgasm. Sometimes it can just be like a like a little cough, followed by some shame. You know, but we mm-hmm. we can have orgasms and, and not really 
be in the full sensation, you know. Yeah. Which is one of the big reasons that I stopped watching porn because I noticed, A, I never felt good. I never thought, brilliant, that was great, that. Um, I didn't like the way that it made me feel psychologically. I'd feel compulsive, which is kind of what it does. It it affects Mm. the brain differently to actual sex. It's more like a compulsion. Mm -hmm. But also the quality of orgasm was very, very different than if it was just myself. Like it was like, oh, I can know, I'm a bit shit. Do you mean? So Mm -hmm. it, it allowed me to be more present with myself Look at me talking like I'm, I'm like I'm a spiritual masturbator, but um, <laughs> the, the, no, the quality—it's true. The, the quality of the of my bollock yogurt was very different <laughs> than watching porn, right? Yeah. So, so I was like, well, why, why am I so when I realised that, I was like, oh my god! And all of a sudden, I was more connected to myself again. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Get getting in touch with your own body. I mean, that's the easiest way, isn't it? But for men, pay mm-hmm. attention to your wank boys. Don't mm-hmm. just don't just fling it around for an emptying. Connect. <laughs> Connect. Yes. Right. Oh, thank uh, you for saying that. Cause like, um, I don't I don't have shame around porn anymore, but I definitely don't, mm. it doesn't do anything for me. Um, and probably because I just like to me, authenticity is so important that it doesn't feel authentic. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like fake. It's just a show, which, you know, it can be entertainment. That's fun. Like a lot of house parties and things like that. It's playing, you know, as you walk around, it just sets a bit of a mood. It's fun or whatever. But there's like different kinds of porn. There's sort of like a more sensual porn or more romantic porn or more um, calm, you know, or there's just like <laughs> banging and um you know, just more rough porn and, and they're all serve its purpose. But I think understanding the role that it's playing makes a big difference. Like if you need that in order to come, then I feel like there's an issue, right? Like, like if that's what you need, it's fine. If you enjoy it, you can enjoy it together, but the connection is very different because you aren't connecting to your body. You're actually, you're just blindly, letting something else control your sensations in your body. And really like, I think one of the most beautiful things for me is that like, I can create the sensations in my mind. Like I can, I can allow that to flow and it it makes my orgasm so much better and so much more enjoyable because I'm present with them. Like, you know, they just, they're for me and they're not for someone else necessarily. And I think that, you know, men have been taught that they need to please a woman and, you know, that it's sort of all about the, the final destination and the orgasm and making them come and everybody has to come for it to be, to be done and and happy and stuff. But really it's my responsibility to have my own orgasm um, and to make sure that I'm doing the things you're getting my mind in the place that maybe that's going to happen and recognize if it's not going to happen and that's fine and no, no guilt and no pressuring anybody. And then it's also a man's responsibility to have his own orgasm. And and that means like being connected to his body and feeling things, not just ignoring himself for someone else. And I think that we we have been taught that we ignore ourselves for the sake of the other person, especially in marriage especially in Christian marriage, like my body was not mine. My body was my husband's and his body was mine. So really it's selfish to like be in control of your own 
orgasms. But I think when you yeah. do that shift and when you like can enter your body and, and be aware of the sensations and allow your mind to, to stay in your body and keep keep going with that, the orgasms become richer and more powerful and like whole body things, even for men. And that's what tantric is all about, right? Is this, this energy, yeah. allowing the energy to connect all through your body. And um, I think people are missing out on the amazing possibilities with sex. It's so much more than just orgasms, right? Like it's just so much, so much more amazing if you let it, if, and if you're willing to feel you're willing to yeah, I, your- I had that problem quite a lot um what, what you said said just there is is i i used to get really lost in my head or get trying so much to please the other person mm-hmm. that i wouldn't come and that yeah. happened quite i've literally faked orgasms literally but um and that happened quite a lot which is why now that i I, I can't do casual because I need to connect and I need to connect to, to be able to feel. Do you know what yep. I mean? If, if, I, if I'm not connected, then, then I'm not going to complete the game. And you're not the only one. Like I know a lot of men and, and this is not talked about a lot. Like, first of all, in the lifestylers as swingers, there's a lot of men who struggle with, with having erections because they're so in their head and they're like, they put all this pressure on themselves that they have to do certain thing and they have to be good and da, da, da. And then they're not at all aware of their body. They're not in the moment. Yeah. They're not enjoying it. And they feel like they have to be someone. And, and right there, that's why I'm like, no, like even in the way that you, you are a swinger, or, you know, you have to be authentic with what you bring to like, like for you to say, no, I need to connect with someone. I don't care like if it's a one night stand or, or whatever, like I know for me, that's what I require. And I'm allowed to say that. And I'm allowed to have that be my, my, whatever I bring to the table, like not my rules so, so much, but this is my play style, right? There's soft swap, full swap, soft swap is just not intercourse and full swap is like swapping partners and, and having intercourse with others. And that's just a little piece of things. But like beyond that, you can be full swap and be kinky and all this kind of stuff and not polyamorous, but still need to connect with someone. And I have not, I can't tell you how many men I've talked to recently who have said, I I just, I'm so weird. I'm just not normal. I'm not like most men. Because I feel like I need to connect with someone. I don't just want to have sex. And they feel like they're so odd. And that's so wrong. There's so many men out there just having porn sex, thinking that that's fulfilling. But these guys have gone, no, actually, that's not fulfilling. I actually want more connected sex than that. But they're not thinking that they're allowed. And it's like, no, no, let's like go of the shame of that. Like if that's what you're bringing to the table and you know, then own it, claim it. And you know what? You're going to find the people that have that same desire. They're going to come to you because now the people that I draw to me are the people who want the exact same thing. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're like so different than everybody. I'm like, no, I'm just honest with myself. And now I'm brave enough to be honest with you. And so you get to actually see what it is that i want rather than me just go oh whatever you want you know and i'll just i'll just play the game and just do whatever no this is what i'm bringing to the table 
Are you with me? No? Okay, great. No problem. You're not for me. We can be great friends, but we're not going to play. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in it. Yeah, makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We are out of time. Um, But (sighs) can you, I know, can you tell us where we can find you or where my listeners can find you if they are interested in getting out of their head into their bodies Uh, and magical skills? Exactly. Connect mind, body, soul is what it's all about, isn't it? Which we're so fucking disconnected. Mm-hmm. The Holy Trinity, as I say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Gareth Riddy on Facebook, Instagram, at Gareth Riddy. You can go on uh, Amazon, Gareth Riddy. My book's mm-hmm. in there, How to Undo Shit Monroe Does to Us. Also audible. Or you can go on my website, GarethRiddy.com. And if you want to email me, Gareth at Gareth Riddy, dot com basically just look for fucking gareth ready you'll find me <laughs> thank you Gary. On yeah. oh man well before you go do you want to leave us with any parting thoughts so we don't ever forget you <laughs> oh um i'll forgive you what if i give you body never lies did that one all i'm gonna say is Something I live by, which I think is really important, so much so I got it tattooed on myself, was be true, okay, mm. which is what I talk about in, in being authentic, but it's understanding mm. the truth of our physiological needs, our psychological needs, and the truth of the heart. Mm. So the more we can honour what is true, the healthier and happier we become. The less we honour it, the unhealthier and unhappy we become. A wise man said to me once, uh, a fellow practitioner, a guy called Scott Robinson over in Australia, love him. He said to me, uh, where there is tension, there is illusion. Mm. So uh, follow the flow. So, yeah, be true. Always be true. Your health and happiness depends upon it. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was really great to talk with you finally. Yeah. Well, thank you. As I always say, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. It's the key to everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Right, well, I'm going to go eat some food. Right. Laters. Have fun, everybody on the internet. Have a nice day. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. I'm so glad that you tuned in for this conversation and you stayed with us. Such important things that we talked about emotions are there to help us learn shit, but we're taught to hide them, right? And so he talks about three different layers, right? The feeling layer, the emotional layer, and the psychological layer. And I find that really fascinating. I love how he talked about emotions that aren't allowed to move through the body, get stuck in the body, and they manifest as chronic pain and tension and all kinds of things, a shying away. And so just so many good things that were relatable. So I hope that you can take what we've talked about and apply it to your life and learn to live in your fullest version of yourself so that you can really truly live authentically and not apologize for that and stand in your truth and stand in your power and be the most loving person that you can be. So I'm going to let you go. Um, Make sure that you check out my 
Breaking Free Six Week Mentorship Program. There's a link in the show notes to book a discovery call with me. Please do that if you are interested in learning how to strengthen your relationship, how to build a strong foundation so that you can have an empowered, open relationship without ruining your relationship, without fear of losing the person that you love for because of making mistakes navigating this world. It starts with you. It starts with you. And when we start with ourselves, life can be so beautiful and so free of drama and frustration. Life is always going to be hard, but it's how we deal with it. And when our body is free, we just can enjoy it in such a different way. So let's break free authentically and let's be who we are meant to be. I love you all. Thank you for joining us. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.